What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Hello and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio Show right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Party people, this is Mr. V of Confessions of a Curly Mind broadcasting through Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Ride the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Twisted Souls. You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com. Welcome, friends. You're tuned in to another episode of the Blue in Green podcast. This is the podcast series that runs in conjunction with Blue in Green Radio, the online internet radio station. Uh, we emanate from London, but we're incredibly fortunate uh, to be able to host shows from across the whole world, uh, from uh, Denver, Colorado, San Jose, California, Melbourne, Australia, Niigata, Japan, Canberra, Australia, and London as well, of course. Uh, today sees us uh, venture to uh, Melbourne, Australia, to talk to our buddy Vahe, Mr. V, and uh, the host and creator of uh, our revered Confessions of a Curly Mind uh, show, which airs Fridays at 5 p.m. UK time. Uh, these conversations are becoming really fun. <laughs> they always have been. I've always enjoyed having the chance to talk to Vahe, and I'm really enjoying the fact that these seem to be coming a little bit more frequent, which is so cool. Uh, we. Uh, <laughs> For the second time uh, in doing these podcasts, we're, we're like episode like 47, I think, 48, 47, 48, and um, I've only ever had to do a disclaimer once before, which was my last conversation with Vahe, and I feel compelled to do one again today for the exact same reason. We talk about lots of stuff, we geek out on a whole bunch of stuff, which is it's just a really great conversation, I really enjoyed it. But we do talk R. Kelly again, like we did a couple of episodes ago. So I have to put the disclaimer out there. There's nothing here that's meant to uh, offend or, or anything like that. It's just us, two of us as, as real one-time R. Kelly stands and in the 90s and early noughties, I guess. Um, and it's just us, you know, still digesting uh, revelations about uh, uh, him and kind of how that fits in to our, I don't know, whether we're allowed to listen to his music, whether we want to listen to his music, and etc. Yeah, I'm giving the same disclaimer as last time. It's it's It genuinely was all meant to be love. It really is. So uh, we hope there's nothing that causes offence. I, I, there isn't. Um, but anyway, I just feel compelled to put it out there. Um, but that isn't um, the bulk of the conversation at all. We talk a lot of cool stuff. Uh, predominantly, we discuss uh, Jamiroquai because we were lucky to, uh, very recently, at the time of this recording, uh, host uh, a wonderful, expansive episode of Confessions of a Curly Mind, uh, which had Vahe focus on the music of Jamiroquai. So uh, we talk a lot about Jamiroquai, and I'm, I'm, I'm not fully versed. Uh, uh, into uh, the music of Jamiroquai I adored uh, the show that he put out you can check it out on Vahe's uh, SoundCloud page for Confessions uh, which I'd urge you guys to check out so you can check the whole thing uh, there in all of its wonderful glory and um, yeah I'd urge you to do so if you're a fan you're going to love it if you're not a fan then this I have no doubt will completely convert you um, 
score as it has done me. So uh, we talk about that. We talk about Vahe's incredible cassette collection, uh, which was a lot of fun. I feel like that requires its own episode. Like we really need to sit down and literally just go through the, the cassette tapes that he has um, uh, in his studio because that was a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, I've just, yeah, it was a really great conversation. We're hoping to reconnect very very soon very very soon because i've always got a stack of topics uh to kind of go through with him so yeah hopefully we'll um, have the opportunity to talk again soon and we can present that for you wonderful people uh through these airwaves um regular listeners will know we play two songs uh on uh the episode excuse me on the show and uh Vahe, as our guest will pick our closing number i have the luxury of picking the opening one and i thought i'd stick with the uh, jamiroquai theme and um i'll go with i i i only had a handful of jamiroquai songs uh, up to the point of, of Vahe's show and i'm going to play just my 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 favorite i just I, I love this song i'm not sure if it's uh, where it stands on the sort of the, the pantheon of Jamiroquai uh, tracks or how it's you know accepted by others but I, I adore this record and I'm going to go with this uh, Corner of the Earth which I just love it, I've had that for years and I just think it's a great 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 song so that's my pick, uh, thanks very much for tuning into the, today's episode, I have no doubt you're going to uh, thoroughly enjoy it um, we, uh, as I said, this is for Blue and Green Radio. We release episodes on the first, second, and third Mondays of the month. You can find us at www.blueingreenradio.com. You can find our stream uh, broadcasting from the site if you're uh, visiting us via a tablet or a PC or laptop. If you're on your phone, then you check us out on uh, various radio apps, including I think the most popular would be TuneIn. We're on iTunes too, so check us out. Uh, thanks very much, friends. My name is Imran. Hope very much that you enjoy the show. It's all mine.
that comes before the sun is born To a hazy afternoon in May Nature's got me high and it's so beautiful I'm with this deep eternal universe From death until rebirth You know that this corner of the earth is like me How are things at your 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 end of the world? What's happening? Because uh, I don't know, man. I guess it's pretty it's as crazy as it is everywhere else right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'd imagine it's a uh, total lockdown now. Um, oh, really? They've, okay. They've shut down everything that's non-essential. So only mm. say uh, supermarkets, petrol stations, hospitals, shit like that will stay open. Um, but everything else has been ordered shut, except 
the fucking call centers, which is where I work. <laughs> so, you're not still at, you're still going to work then. Yeah, bro. I mean, I've been off for about a week because I had some kind of I had some fluish symptoms and I wasn't like I was a bit sick. So I had to kind of just self-isolate anyway. So I stayed home for about a week. I'm going back to work tomorrow. But um, yeah, we're still fully in effect. They've got no plan to, to take us out of there anytime soon. And we've got infected uh, people just down the road from us um, oh my in the financial district. So it's going to be interesting. And I, I catch public transport too, an hour in and an hour out. So yeah, man. So I can't believe that. It's amazing. Wow. But otherwise the whole city's apparently pretty much shut down. I, I've been wandering around the shops just in my hood and it's pretty much like a ghost town, uh, which is kind of eerie, but also kind of cool for me because I like it that way when I go shopping. Mm. So <laughs> it's actually no feels cues. like this is good. It feels <laughs> like how it used to in the nineties when I was growing up, there was this shopping center around the corner from my place called Waverly Gardens. Right, it sounds very posh. Right, mm. <laughs> it does. Got, wait, you say it. I want you to say it in full, in your full accent. Uh, <laughs> say it. Uh, Waverly Gardens. <laughs> there you go. Waverly like, Gardens. To me, that sounds like a fucking a rich guy. Like that's that's a rich guy's name. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was like the most rundown shopping center, or I guess the Americans would call a mall. Right? And I don't know. They call it shopping centers in. Over there too. Wait, in the UK, yeah, yeah, shopping centers. You don't see malls. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, same with that. Like, I grew up with that, and it was the most just shoddy, rundown place. Hadn't been renovated since the seventies, and but it was where my buds and I used to go and hang out, and it was barely populated. So we just had the run of the place, (laughs) and they had like cinemas, like uh, village cinemas for seven screens, and they're like two dollar tickets. Um. And if you wow. join the if you join the movie club, you get half price off. So there was like a dollar a ticket <laughs> for me. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was insane. Uh, but then they renovated the whole thing, and then eventually it's become oh, like see. a popular place. But man, it's gone back so, to like the '90s style now. Just total like so. What, yeah. So Waverly Gardens now reflects the name Waverly Gardens. It's now, now, it's, now it looks the name. Wearing that tag, definitely. I think when the '70s <laughs> when it first launched, it was actually a pretty hot spot. But in the 80s, it got kind of dilapidated in the 90s as well. Late 2000s, uh, I don't know, a whole bunch of rich people came and took over all these old shopping centers and re- redid them up, rebranded them and shit. So now it's pumping. But I miss that old shit. Like, I'm getting it now, you know, mm. for really shitty reasons. But, you know, you got to try and yeah. find things to enjoy in this kind of situation. I know it sounds weird, but... Uh, yeah, sometimes you got to do that. Yeah, how's the little one coping at home, like being so, like, you know, cooped up, not really able to see her friends and stuff like that? Um, yeah, she's pretty restless. So we're, <laughs> we've yeah. been like managing that too, because she's like, she's kind of, she's going to be two in the tomorrow, actually, no, in a couple of days. Oh, amazing. Yeah, a couple of days she'll be two. So she's kind of already like doing all the two year old shit. You know, that everyone says, I wait till they're two. Wait till they get to the terrible twos. Wait till they do this. Like, shut the fuck up. All right. Jesus. Just let me enjoy the pleasant ones. Yeah. Don't let me just like be dreading it for like, for like two years. So no, I mean, she's kind of had a little spell with the sleeping issues and now she's kind of sort of hatching her last teeth 
Um, oh gosh, those are and, brutal, aren't they? Yeah. And generally being restless and getting cranky, but I've just got to find ways to, you know, entertain her. Mm. She plays piano. Yeah. Well, amazing. Well done. Brilliant. Seriously, I'll show. <laughs> she she gets up there. She pulls herself onto the stool. She flips open the lid, and then she just starts banging away, like. Oh. <laughs> Like she's Beethoven, she'll close her eyes as well, and she kind of sway with the with oh, the wow. with the movements of the hands. I got it on video; it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like she's just like she knows exactly what she's doing, but it's like some atonal shit, you know? It's like no, <laughs> but she's feeling it, man. That's the most important part. If she's exactly. eyes closed. She's totally. It's spiritual for her. I love I, that. I support her and her yes atonalness. <laughs> <laughs> how about you man how's shit over there like what's, what's going um, on same sort of shit here well yeah, yeah pretty much i i think it's sort of probably a bit stricter the way was well, certainly from yesterday so we had a week at home as well so far because my youngest maceo he like a week uh ago last monday night he had um uh a cough like a really mild cough that started right. quite late on monday and he got yeah. a very mild temperature so we thought okay it's just the, the obey the rules and we told school and nursery and they said neither child is coming anywhere here yeah and with work wise yeah. we're not supposed to go so we thought fine respect the process hmm. so we stayed at home for a week but as of yesterday it's now i guess officially uh uh on lockdown the government have said only leave the house i think for four reasons i think they've said you can go for uh hmm. a one one once a day exercise uh thing whatever that may entail for anyone uh you can uh go to you can go to work and back if your work is open or unless you can't work from home and you mm-hmm. can go shopping into the pharmacy and that's it so it's yeah it's pretty yeah i think i've said it for like three weeks but people suspect it's going to be longer and um yeah it's mm. intense it's pretty intense that's pretty much the same here like in terms of what, yeah. what they're what they're leaving open so yeah, I guess what they're terming essential services and all that, which is weird because I go I go to op shops. So I think we've discussed this before, but like um, secondhand shops where they sell secondhand clothing, right. you know, recycled right. shit. <laughs> and that place is still open. <laughs> I was there today. Oh, wow, actually. really? Yeah, they're, they're still running. They're like completely empty, which again, fun for me because I get just the run of the place. And I end up leaving with like six cassette tapes, two records. Um, and a whole bunch of like knickknacks that I can sort of put around the studio. Um, they're they're open, um, so they they haven't been forced at all to close or anything. It's they are no. they going to get in trouble? Are they? Are I don't know. Questions to it. I don't know if there's like an element of like self enforcement going on because they've they're like oh we're following the uh, advice of the inspector general or health health inspector general is that the right term? I don't know. The guy <laughs> that does the stuff with health. Um, <laughs> We are abiding by such and such laws. That's the notices they've put up on their websites. But I'm like, man, it's interesting. You know, they're dousing down the place with like as much much chemicals as you can bloody stand when you're in the place. You can smell it so mm. strong. Um, but I don't know what's going on with that because some places are still open. You know, that I don't know if they're essential. That's the thing. Did you say you bought cassette tapes? Yeah, dude. That's one of the things I collect. I have a huge collection. I'm looking at it right now really wow that's fascinating do you still play them or you just collect them well up until 2017 so from about 2004 to 2017 
I had a uh, Mitsubishi Magna as my car. And wow, okay. it was a secondhand car at the time. It was a 96 model. I started driving it in 04 and it had a tape deck uh, in as the uh, stereo system because it was still like tape decks back then, I guess, in the 90s, uh, mid-90s. And all I used to do was uh, plug in like a digital da- a tape converter. So it's like you plug in a tape and then the tape is connected to a headphone jack that you plug into your phone right. or, yeah. Your, yeah. or your iPod, whatever. You could play music through that. Um, but I started collecting tapes because I wanted to actually listen to the tapes um, in the car because it kind of reminded me of what my dad used to do when I was little. Um, and he'd drive me around places and he had a tape deck and he'd just pop in his own like little mixtapes. I like, like it. <clears throat> he had like the, the best mixtapes. He had like Hendrix mixed with like Armenian funk music from the 70s. Oh, amazing. Um, and then like Led Zeppelin and I'm like, Dad, I didn't know you were into all this cool shit. And he's like, oh, I didn't even. He's like, I just recorded them on the radio back in Lebanon. I don't, I don't actually know their names uh, or all their song titles. Mm. I'm like, well, that's Hendrix. <laughs> he's like, oh, cool. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I really, really like that one. He was, he was, he was awesome. <laughs> oh, oh, Hendrix, that legendary drummer. Oh, what a guy. Yeah, <laughs> the star of Rolling Stones. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> And for some reason, get this, he had an obsession for like blues as well. So for some reason, he did remember one name on the radio back in in Beirut. And that was uh, Tony Joe White. Like, he's like an American blues artist, right? Okay, right. White guy. And he was obsessed with this song called Poke Salad Annie. And for years... He's got their own rules, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but my my through my dad's sort of thickish accent, I couldn't understand for years what he was trying to tell me. It was like a decade. He'd be like, Vahe, do you know Tony Joe White, pork salad, Danny? I'm like, what? He goes, Tony Joe White, Tony Joe White. I'm like, oh, what, what is that? Is that a thing or a person? And like, pork salad, Danny. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Like, get away from me, old man. <laughs> But later, when I like eventually began to translate <laughs> what he was saying, um, I've I came to understand that it was an artist, and the, that was the name of the song, "Poke Salad Annie." So <laughs> he's a big blues fan is, as well. Is there any context as to what that what the what the correct title even means? Um, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> it's just. Some, you can make whatever the fuck you want up when you when you sing yeah. like blues, like like what we do with Dark Southern. You can pretty much use mm. anything as a as a metaphor and make it sound like some deep shit is going on, like emotionally. As as is evident from Ars Blood, of course. Damn, yeah, exactly right. Perfect what example. What a wonderful song. That's a cool song. It's did a very, did very the cool Ars Blood uh, grow on you, Imran? It, it did. I'm infected by it. Were you really splashed? Were you splashed with <laughs> a, with the Ars Blood with the goodness? I, I feel the need <laughs> to put into some context at this point. <laughs> splashed. I took it to that level. You've been splashed now. So, That's yeah, just so like it's all, visceral. It's all over me. I've I've shared it with my family. I've I've spread the. Is it all over my face? face. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> is it all? I told you it is. Just stop saying it. <laughs> it is a. It is a. It is a really really cool tune. And yeah. that's what those sessions are like. You just you just hang out. You just jam, and it goes from there. I mean, technically, that wasn't a part of the jam sesh. Like we we first start off by having a little meeting in the in the kitchen area of the studio, where we'll sit around for maybe 
up up to an hour just talking shit, having snacks, drinking tea, what have you. Um, and then we might get into a mood to go downstairs and actually jam in the studio with instruments, uh, with like full band sort of set up. If we can't be fucked going downstairs for reasons, I'll leave up to your imagination. Um, we hang around the kitchen and we sit around the table and we will freestyle some shit. Always something will trigger it. And just think of like being, just think of being one of us for a day where we get triggered by everything. So there's a trigger for like a creative impulse for you to come up with an idea or a concept or, or a song or something even just the framework of an idea, just come up with it on the spot. There, Everything pretty much triggers us. So there's no like one specific trigger. We could hear a word, like for instance, I won't go on too much about this, but for example, we'll, we'll just be having a casual conversation like normal people. And then a word will be used that we, that will sort of, sort of suddenly take our fancy. For example, the word uh, bon appetit, you know, the French mm-hmm. word, French word, Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> so what we mean, like yeah. to do is, <laughs> yeah. But what we like to do with the language and the words and the letters is to actually deconstruct them and then recontextualize them. So, <laughs> bon appetit became became bon ape tit. If you if you take the French pronunciation <laughs> yeah, away from yeah. it, right, it becomes bon ape tit. <laughs> and then my one of my good friends in the band, Jeremy, the other guy's named Tom. So my friend Jeremy's freestyling a little blues song based on the term Bon Ape Tit. And he came up with a song called uh, Born Born on the Tit of an Ape. That's, that's, what the, that's what the name of the song is. There's this like, long ago I was born on the tit of an ape or some shit like that. And I can't remember how it goes, but, you know, just even stupid things like that. But if you deconstruct any word for, um, for another example, um, Jeez, what's a really good one? Uh, mortgage? No, no, not mortgage. Actually, yeah, mortgage kind of works because mortgage is like to gauge your mortality. Right. To, to gauge. Oh, oh my gosh, that's get nice. it? Yeah, gauge your mortality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so you kind of play with like on a serious level. You can play with shit like that as well. But um, it's all like the impulse starts from deconstruction of language and even sounds. Um, like I won't even get into the history of monkey solos that we have, where we'll be jam, <laughs> we'll be jamming, and then all of a sudden, instead of singing, we're making monkey noises, but to the tune of the of the melody. Um, monkey soloing, it's like a forbidden art. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm sorry, I'm mildly inspired now by the uh, mortgage gauging your mortality it's such a great dichotomy of of things though isn't it because gauging your mortality you look back at the legacy that you've left behind at what you've done with your time but then you compare that with the mortgage and your day-to-day existence and what you need to do to get by and the the restrictions that 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 your world enforces on you isn't that incredible well yeah and the bank side of it too because they're gauging your mortality in 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 a fashion you know (laughs) Uh, absolutely what a brilliant yeah. Oh, that's ah. the, that's so the title of this episode. Yeah, gauging and what <laughs> Nice. Very, very good. Um, but yeah, that's we're a, yeah, we're cool. kind of uh, taking a break as well because we're just kind of you know 
we can't be gathering together anymore for a little while. Mm. <laughs> but we're trying to do. Um, I'm going to try to get them to start doing a podcast together instead of just hanging in the oh, kitchen. Wicked. Whatever we discuss in the kitchen, I'm going to try and podcast it instead, just for the moment. Um, going back to the uh, the question of mortality and that level of uh, introspection that you put into things, mm. one thing that we didn't get to discuss on uh, our last conversation a couple of weeks ago was uh, mm. your. You being the, I refer to you as the conscience of four corners. Uh, and uh, what I like about what you do is, well, just to set up firstly, if anyone's never listening to this and never heard Four Corners, Four Corners is a show by Blue and Green Radio, which takes a single word theme and gets presenters from, uh, gets the team from different parts of the world to present a 30 minute segment uh, on on that on the on the theme to explore it through music um and i remember asking you uh and uh you know to, is this something that you think you'd like to to do and you like yeah that's absolutely that's jump all over it mm-hmm. um and i remember <laughs> your when you submitted time so you you, you were the first person to submit a, a slot mm. uh that excuse me their their segment and i remember kind of going back mentally to like confessions when we talked about doing a show how when you came up with what you wanted to do for confessions, you completely changed what I thought you would do. Right. And then it was this, this marathon artist kind of exploration uh, into their catalogs and their unreleased and B-sides uh, catalogs. And I remember thinking, oh, it's not at all what I thought you would do. And then when we can talked about Four Corners and then you submitted what you submitted and what you've continued to submit again, it was just like completely not, what i thought you were gonna do um and i it's it's incredible what you've kind of brought to that show so mm. formally thank you for, uh, for starters because you've just done it in a way that there's no one who can i think it was i remember thinking that i would start like the first episode just to set it up mm. just to say this is what's going to happen and then when you submitted yours i remember thinking I don't know how, firstly, how's anyone supposed to follow this? <laughs> and then it was yeah. like, but how's anything supposed to go before this? That's right. <laughs> you know that's right, I mean? motherfucker. Like... That was on purpose. <laughs> that was all on purpose just so I could lead this bitch. <laughs> Trust me. But you do. You, you've, 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 you've cornered yourself now because you have mm. to do this every month now. I'm cool with that because I'm what... I'm like surprising oh. myself. Like when I actually sit down and write to to the intro, I'm like, man, this has to mean something. You know what I mean? So like, I really like mm. actually, it's all sp- coming like sp- it's all coming splashing out of me. Actually, when I'm sitting there <laughs> typing it, it splashes <laughs> out like just all in one hit. Like it'll uh, I'll play the track that I'm you know when I play a track in the background in the intro yes, when I'm yeah. speaking, right? Um, I'm playing that out out loud on the on the uh, speakers. And then I'm writing to that at the same time, so in in real time. Oh wow! Okay. So then I'm kind of getting a sense for how long I can go for, uh, but also just freestyle writing whatever's coming to my head um, that goes with the theme. So it's kind of fun, man. It's a, it's a lot of fun, and I'm kind of I like the stuff that's coming out. I actually really like the last one I just sent in for the next show coming. Space. Up. Yeah, I'm actually really yes, really cool. I like I like the whole set list actually on that one. It flows really well um it is it absolutely does i loved it sonically it's beautiful it really does go loads of different places and yeah. uh yeah no i thoroughly enjoyed it I thoroughly enjoyed it and it was yeah i was i was looking forward to that one i think i was in a spacey mood and um <laughs> I, i've kind of enjoyed what people have sort of come up with as as an idea uh to sort of 
to explore for their 30 minutes. It's it's mm. really, really fun. Although I keep kind of going over a little bit every time. I think about 35 minutes, I think I average, but yeah, that's, oh, not, that's, that's not too no, bad. That's fine. <laughs> Consider no, no. yeah. It will consider, yeah, one day you'll submit a nine-hour session. <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, uh, the next uh, show uh, yes. is, is going to be – Next one's going to be a whole another nine-hour bonanza. Is it really? Uh, yes, just officially. I did finalize the track list earlier tonight. Actually, it's going for – well, it's eight hours of mu- of music, but it'll be at least an hour of me, you know, flapping my jaws uh, for about an hour. Because I was thinking – so we're obviously talking about Jamiroquai that um that Jamiroquai. Your, your, that That's right. submitted absolutely for uh yeah. uh a, a confessions episode. And I remember whenever you hmm. you mention who you're working on, I tend to think about like I'm not a, 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 a Jamiroquai um um what's the word? I'm not very knowledgeable in Jamiroquai, but you not a lot think, of people well, how are. much stuff would there be? Hmm. Yeah, I know a few really diehard fans that I'm I'm sort of made a, a list that when this comes out that i want to notify specifically and i think mm. they're really gonna enjoy it but yeah i always tend to think how much stuff would you really be able to find on on them <laughs> so i guess they have quite an extensive catalog for you to dip into oh man they are one of the tightest bands just ever to ever do it so yeah i mean if you've never really taken that any kind of deep dive into them you don't have a sense of the history that's They've kind of officially been a band since 92, officially. But JK, JK was kind of doing his own thing to, as, as early as 86 because I found one of his early demos from 1986. Oh, wow. Um, and the whole sound of the whole v- groove of vibe of Jamiroquai was to be socially conscious, uh, be rooted in live musicianship and mostly funk and soul. Um, and, you know, they got, that's an amazing material like i grew up listening to their shit and i've always held them in high high regard like they are just one of the illest like live bands ever really (laughs) like they Mm. they're actually pretty pretty huge all over the world still i think they get a lot of love in like latin america and shit and um the states were a little late to them um but they are laid out they are uk boys though so yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah so man i've been following them for not not from the early days more about when um 94 95 they had their second album out um and then they blew up with in around 96 with a third album when cosmic girl came out and virtual insanity um yeah too young to die was the first song i remember hearing from them yes that was one of the singles from the first album that was 90 93 that one came out but the album was from right. 90 actually no it was 93 yeah first, that's when the first album came out too emergency on planet earth was the first yes album. that's a um, that's a that was a crazy song i remember when that came out and people sort of being a bit I don't know. Almost taken aback by him and just his presentation in the video, the way he kind yeah. of the way he dressed, the way he danced, <laughs> the way he portrayed himself. It was kind of like, what's going on? Uh, and I guess people were sort of weren't. I know I was at well, I was at school really young at that point, but um, yeah, there was a lot of. I guess at that age, we we, we do put things in boxes, don't we? So hmm. uh, about how we expect people to look and sound, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it was it seemed out there when you think about it, which it really wasn't. But I guess hmm. at that age. It, what they were doing was very very different yeah just bringing that live funk feel uh at that time i think it was it stood out because 
it was that because it was a product of acid jazz like they're credited as being yeah. like it's one of the early acid jazz bands or movements or whatever um but they kind of diverged into a whole lot of other styles over time so jamiroquai the band is spearheaded by jk uh his name's jason cheatham i think real name um he's got like a english mother and like a biologically portuguese father so he oh, wow. has a lot of like latin influence in some of the songs and, and in the live instruments and that's the whole basis of jamiroquai they're a jam band so that's half the name jam and mm, okay the other half is iroquois which is some kind of native it's a term in native american um which is part of the headdress that he wears a lot you know that of course yeah that kind of hat thing which he's got criticism mm-hmm. over because of cultural appropriation and etc right. um but it's kind of cool it's become synonymous with him and his look and the band because it's part of their logo as well um what they call the buffalo man which is that horned image the silhouette of jamiroquai that you see on pretty much right. everything yeah yeah um so he started the band recruited uh local musicians uh started with a drummer named and producer named nick van gelder um who has his own material and who i've he does been, yeah i've been facebook friends with for over a decade <laughs> he um <laughs> so he about 2010, he was coming down for a, for a festival in Adelaide. It's called Warm Adelaide. Um, and he actually messaged me and said, hey, you want to like meet up? And I was like, shit, I could actually meet up with him and maybe jam and stuff. Um, but I couldn't because I was running a business at the time. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so no. he was one of the OGs. And then it was Jason, uh, JK. Uh, then he had Toby Smith, who was the, on the keyboards, uh, keyboardist. Um, Stu Zender, Stuart Zender, right? Yeah, but that's the uh, name that's, that's synonymous for me. Yeah, yeah, highly revered uh, bass player. You know, for for good reasons, he was like the beating, funky, fucking heart of the band for just holding it down on bass. Um, then you had uh, Wallace Buchanan, who was uh, the resident didgeridoo player. So you you tend to hear quite a bit of didge in a lot of the Jumiroquai tracks for at least the first decade of their career. Really? Yeah, man. Yeah, they love the didgeridoo. Wow, that's the completely passed me by. Very first album, uh, I think, opens, they usually have a dig track, like an instrumental funk soul didgeridoo tune, and it's always the shit. And then they sprinkle oh it God. sprinkle it here and there through a lot of their other shit. Uh, you had a guitarist, I think, Simon Katz, uh, was part of the band. Um, that's kind of the original crew and then uh Derek McKenzie uh, replaced Nick Van Gelder on drums I think around 94 and has been with the band since then and they've gone through a lot of like lineup changes but they're well known for being just stupidly funky um mm. and Jay himself man he's a really talented like songwriter man he's just written a whole lot of cool shit if you only know the singles you're missing out on all the back catalog yeah. shit which is they're ripe for this kind of show because they have tons of work like so much work. Um, so yeah, hopefully this will be like cool for you to listen to, like someone like yourself. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I think you've you've mentioned them as being con- um, people you wanted to cover for quite a while. So I've yeah, I have yeah. been looking forward to this one. So uh, yeah, it will be fun to sort of well deep dive in that 
in that respect because uh, there are, I've only apart from the, the sort of the big singles there are a couple of say lesser known singles I know like that, that I've absolutely loved and I've owned um mm. like Blue Skies um that was a somewhat recent-ish one yeah yeah that uh, was which recent. I love it's a great song I love that song and Corner of the Earth as well which is another one of my absolute favorites yeah um, yeah definitely yeah obviously there's an Umar Q-Tip remix of is it Deeper Underground as well which is which, a great tune oh, i fucking hate that remix though <laughs> really oh no <laughs> yeah man that's that's nowhere on the list i've never liked that remix <laughs> never ever ever it's just like i found it to be like repetitive and stabby in my ears like i'm like come on oh my gosh okay. yeah it's like the one uma related thing i might not like <laughs> which is i know it's weird but that thing just i don't know that, that never fucking hit me in any positive way i was just like oh man you could do better than this like oh, I, I feel like oh, they could well, have done a way better job <laughs> yeah that's right maybe that was a tip solo tip production i don't know i, don't I think, believe it was yeah i don't think that was jd yeah, i believe thing. it was but, but there are slum village cool. remixes of black capricorn day two of them oh really um produced by a guy named ron e ron e still so right. but they're very like Detroit slum village-ish because it features slum village on one of the remixes too. So, right. Yeah. It's going to be a cool show, man. Um, hope you dig it. Cause like, yeah, I, I really think there is a division in terms of people who kind of are aware of their mainstream efforts and their success, which is well-earned. But at the very same time, this is the weird bubble that I placed these guys, this band in is that they can have the mainstream success, but they also are very well respected in terms of just musicianship and songwriting mm. and like having it generally be all live and organic. Whereas later in their career, like the band's gone a lot, very, very, very synthy. Like it's got a very heavy synth sound now. Um, mm. But now I guess they kind of go back and forth between fully, fully organic jams and synthy, pounding synthy sort of future style shit which they're really good at too yeah yeah there's a lot to appreciate um, about them man yeah they're kind of i think probably over here for the for the real unin- uninitiated i suppose they're probably more associated with disco records and things like that probably more yeah. so than than the stuff before and afterwards i pr- they're probably associated with that kind of style a lot more which is what they which they i think be, is probably. what knocks their i think that what's that that might turn a lot of people off because they know they've got that bit of a disco influence in this in their music mm. and shit. But it's not it's not the heaviest presence because they're from album to album it changes. Like there'll be a heavier presence of straight up soul music um, on one album, and then straight up funk music, then straight up just disco, uh, but future disco as well, like house and then there's a straight up house music as well um and then they've made just acoustic jams on most of their albums dig jams um latin kind of beats um fucking just all over the place and then just straight up blistering funk tunes as well just like insane Mm -hmm. tempo speeds like one of the tracks you'll hear on the show is called do it like we used to and the speed of the song is just like what the fuck 
It's like it's like <laughs> speed. It's like speed funk. It's like. Like it's like. Like whoa, okay. Just like, how is anyone oh playing God. this? Like the, you know. So yeah, they they really um, they really do have the best of both worlds. Like it's really just mm. that simple. Like they can have the successes, but I really respect their craft. I respect I respect Jay's ear. He's kind of the captain of that ship. Mm. Um, but how yeah. many of those original members that you mentioned at the beginning? How many of them are currently like contributing to the band in any context, or well, is it all like just the whole new lineup now? Other than Derek McKenzie, so Stu Zender famously left just before the recording, uh, just after the recording of their fourth album called Synchronized, uh, which had Can't Heat and Supersonic. Right. So that album, if that rings a bell, mm-hmm. or King for a Day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Stu Zender left uh, due to some disagreements with JK about, I think, royalties and songwriting credits and shit like that. I think they had a bit of a punch up. Um, oh, wow. And then so Stu left and then they had this album finished, but because Jay didn't want to give get get complicated with the legal rights to the songs because of that because now they've split, he just redid the whole album. So without the original bass player, Stu's oh, end wow. up. So there's a whole lot of synth bass on that album and the live bass is, was played by his replacement, Mick Fife, who um I believe was with them from about 98 to 2003. And now they've got Paul Turner, who's been killing it on bass as well since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he left. Uh, Nick Van Gelder got replaced in 94 by Derek McKenzie. I don't know why the reasons behind it. I think he took a break for too long. That's the story. <laughs> he went on a vacay and then Jay didn't like the fact that he was away for so long <laughs> and then replaced him. I don't know. I don't know the full story. Um, Toby Smith was with the band till 2002 and then he left because I think he was battling um, something. I think it was cancer because he actually died a couple of years back um, at the age of 46. So it was just pretty sad because Toby was like, Toby was badass. He was uh, like anything to do with the keys and so many like awesome Mm. classic keyboard riffs on these songs, uh, including stuff like Cosmic Girl. Toby was behind and he was like a songwriter as well. So yeah, he, that was sad. He passed. Um, but none of the OG, OG fam are there. Like it's, it's changed a few times the lineup, but it's still consistent. Uh, they got an album out two years ago called automaton, which was the latest, mm. which, uh, with every Jamiroquai album for the last decade, it hasn't hit me straight up straight away it's taken like some time for me to come around to it. Cause there's always some changes in their style and their sound. Right. Um, but now I'm, I'm loving the album and um, yeah, they're still, they're still killing it. Still killing it, man. That's so cool. Do you, um, how do you sort of a brief aside, but how do you stand on band names? I had a conversation with someone recently that talks about how if when, when a band starts, it comprises of the members in that band and then when people change, particularly in the case like Jamiroquai, which is a great example where you have from where there's one person now from that original, original lineup, do you kind of feel that that name should have evolved to maybe just JK now? Or is it a case of <laughs> no, it's per- perfectly cool to have a name that's, well, I suppose it's still indicative of that one guy, 
but it's not reflective of the original people in it. Do you ha- have any kind of well, I guess one way or the other? There might there might tie into the whole perception of J- the name Jamiroquai because it is kind of complicated. So he's he signed a deal with Sony, like an eight album, one million dollar deal, back in ninety two, ninety three, to get the whole band thing going and to get his music out. But he he was the only one to sign as Jamiroquai, so I think legally he is Jamiroquai, right? Oh, from wow, a le- from a, like a legal standpoint, but from just a general band standpoint, that is the band name. Like that's not him uh, in terms of uh, just the presentation of the music, not the legal side of things. Right. So he's J.K. That's kind of his moniker because it's short. It's a contraction of whatever his real name is, Jason Cheatham, but Jason K as well. He goes by that name. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the band is Jamiroquai. So, but everyone who wasn't really that much of a fan, really, uh, they just refer to Jamiroquai as the person, as JK, the person. So they go, oh, yeah, yeah Jamiroquai, he's pretty cool. He's awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, um, <laughs> yeah. I think you, you mean Jamiroquai. Jamiroquai is the band. You know, that's JK. Yeah. That's his band, Jamiroquai. So, um. Yeah, I think it's kind of tied into that that kind of weird split that there is there in terms of how they should be referred to. Yeah, I think like I always the only person I've the only band I've ever considered not being subject to that kind of uh, like perception was probably Prince and New Power Generation. In that, I mean, that's always been a revolving door of musicians, but I think everyone always mm. already assumes that everything with the new power generation name on it is still prince anyway so it's kind of like it doesn't really matter who's in the band he's still writing it producing it anything within a fucking 50 mile radius of wherever prince is is pretty much is prince just take it take it like that that should be like the the rule of thumb for like what did prince ghost produce just anything he was around (laughs) his aura anything his aura touched it's true are you a prince fan out of interest i think i've ever asked you before are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Who isn't a Prince We've never fan? spoken. Are you serious? I know. I know. I do know a few people that I'd sort the, of like, the, no, not a fan. Or, but we've only, never spoken Prince. The only reason I haven't done a Prince episode is because I don't know what how that the copyright police will treat that if I put it on SoundCloud or even if it's broadcast. Oh, still, yeah. You, while his yeah. music's all over YouTube now, I'm just like, I don't know. I just That's a, one of the things that holds me back for some of these people too. Like SoundCloud, you're right, would be... Like Stevie, Marvin, you know, like actually attacking yeah. like some of the pillars, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, man, but, yeah. huge Prince fan. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, I'm a yes, I'm a. <laughs> I know you are Prince enthusiast. Yes, with I'm, your lists. Yeah, with the lists, turning out <laughs> lists of of my 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 affection for Prince on different days of the week. <laughs> surviving him, run. Yeah. No, wait, that's not a <laughs> that's not a is that a surviving him, run thing? He makes um, lists. <laughs> he doesn't he care. Them. He doesn't care if you're naughty or nice. Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh no. Uh I feel like I set myself up for that, but I have no idea how. <laughs> he doesn't care. No, he just sound like well, ev- evil Santa. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> oh, speaking of we we haven't got a, a, a sponsored by for this episode. What's going on? We well, sponsoring this episode. Um, I'll tell you who's sponsoring it. I'll, I'm just going to get you one of the cassette tapes that I bought today. Just go oh, yes. one second. So one of the tapes that I bought today 
so I like to buy just whatever cassette tapes are hanging around because they're usually like maybe four for a dollar, something like that. Right. I got this one that's called, I'll read out the full title, A Career Track Audio Tape Program, Self-Esteem and Peak Performance, (laughs) (laughs) Live Life with Energy and Optimism, Feel Good About Yourself and Others, by the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. (laughs) Jack Canfield. Hold on. I'm, I'm speechless. I thought you were going to have whipped out old, I don't know, Prince tapes or or, or old James Brown cassettes. Oh, dude. When you go to op shops, which is why I love going to them, you're going to find the random forgotten discarded shit that people just don't want anymore. Clothing, items, and a lot of weird, odd records and cassette tapes, which is where my collection right. kind of is drawn from. So I like scooping these things up because one day I'll listen to them and I want to I want to do something with it. Maybe like blog it or some shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so will you buy any tape, or is uh, it just something that really kind of something that in, interests you in a certain way? Well, f- for example, the last one I got was Poker Party, as in poker music. Poker. Right, poker, yes, P O L K A. Right, it's called Poker Party. It is a four cassette collection of <laughs> poker poker classics by Stanley Sokol and the Poketeers, Pat Zakovich and his orchestra, Martin Munchausen and the Poker Barons, and the Accordion Triplets. Okay, this so obviously I understand out. why you bought that. That's that's obviously that makes sense. Uh, Anybody would buy that. Poker fucking party, mother. <laughs> yeah. It's a, poker, it's a poker party. I can imagine a Tupac remix to that. Tupac and poker. Ain't nothing but a poker party. Party. Ain't nothing but a poker party. Oh, my God. That's So you come home and you're like, honey, look what I bought. Or is she kind of like, I don't, I don't, don't, don't. Oh, she's used to it. This has been happening since long before I met her. I've been I've been doing this for a good fifteen to twenty years. Like it's a it's a habit. I I need to draw my collection of things from discarded things that have been forgotten and thrown away, and give them actual meaning and purpose. Uh, I've got a pristine cassette collection with a record collection and book collection all in my studio, which I'm sitting in right now, which is like my, oh my sanctuary amongst all little knickknacks, you know, like little like um, random objects and things. You know, a lot of giraffes. I'm a big giraffe fan for some reason. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I got a lot of shit uh, that I just, I like collecting, very specific with with uh, things that I do collect. Um, and yeah, just tapes. Tapes was born from that from my car, which I was very attached to. That Mitsubishi Magna, oh, the times we had. <laughs> um, wow. It was uh, to the point where I smoked so much in that car for the amount of time I owned it that by the time I had to actually get it wheeled off and sent to die in in a junkyard because it just died in the ass two years ago, the upholstery was falling from the top of the ceiling. Like it was actually (laughs) melted off the metal and it was created this upside down dome, like a giant nipple that was just (laughs) everywhere I drove, the nipple would sort of dip down and just caress the top of my head and then curve off and then go off to the back of the car it's just um and it was chock full of just popcorn like it was actually the bottom layer of the floor was actually all popcorn for 90 percent of the time because i'd go to the the drive-in movies 
and watch movies almost every weekend um, and fill it up with popcorn and not clean it up. Ashtray was overflowing <laughs> all the time. Uh, I had all kinds of like hippie-ish kind of necklaces and trinkets hanging from the from the uh, rearview mirror. Um, it had a lot of personality and it was just very reliable and dependable. I uh, just love that fucking car. And uh, the cassette tape, you know, I got to listen to so many of my tapes while I was riding around in that car. It was special. But now um, I'm looking to get a brand new sort of record tape deal, like one of those retro-ish ones that have been made recently, um, mm. just to have a proper unit so I can play all this stuff. Because I don't want it just sitting here. I actually want to like play it and get into it a bit, you know, especially right. with um, Jack Canfield. <laughs> uh, let me just read you his little his little thing, okay? And then we Please, can, yeah. we can talk about something else. Jack Canfield is widely recognized as one of the premier self-esteem experts of our era. He has appeared before 500,000 people worldwide and has been a guest on Good Morning America, The Today Show, NBC Nightly News 2020 and the Oprah Winfrey Show. A prolific writer, Jack is the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, 101 Stories to Open the Heart and Rekindle the Spirit, which enjoyed an impressive run atop the New York Times bestseller list. You'll like what Jack Canfield has to say. You'll love how he says it. And you'll learn more about yourself than you ever dreamed possible in such a short time. <laughs> like and there's this goofy looking old dude was smiling at me on the back of the cover i'm like <laughs> you got me jack you got me how how what is that what year is this out of interest uh shit let me see if i can actually see a year on it i can't see a year on it um but it looks it looks like early 90s definitely yeah okay so you <laughs> you, you pick this up and you think winner you go to the till <laughs> do, do they go Oh, or or are they kind of like, yep, no problem. Or do they look at it like, what's the what's the reaction when you hand this over? Well, first of all, they're used to seeing me there. I've been, I've right. been going to this one <laughs> this one op shop because there's a, there's a chain of them called Savers in in Australia and I think Canada. And that's been the major one that started out small about 15 years ago when I used to go to it, and has expanded into like a giant chain of superstores. Like they get they get donated over six thousand items of something every day you know and then they just clean it up and sell it <laughs> for pure profit wow. um but it's cheap as shit like i picked up an old uh yamaha keyboard that came in a brown case it was brown it looked like it was fully from the 80s um it was like the most beautiful keyboard you've ever seen just sitting in a corner and it didn't have a price tag on it so i brought it up to the counter and i knew in the back of my head this is my lucky day because when shit doesn't have a, a price in savers, then they down they downgrade the price steeply and they just make up one on the spot. <laughs> so the young lady at the counter is like looking at me, looking at the keyboard. She's like, four ninety nine. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like thinking about it. Yeah, okay, sure. In my head, I'm like, Are you fucking you kidding twisted me? my arm. <laughs> this thing, because this thing looks mint. So I took it home, and then I took it to the music shop to to get the band to look at it, because the we're we're in a music store at the end of the day. So the head of the store came up and brought a power lead and hooked it up, turned it on. You could play beats on it, you know, like proper '80s beats. Mm. And then it's a full-on synthesizer, like it's keyboard synthesizer kind of shit. Uh, <laughs> 
and it was fucking amazing. And then we looked it up on eBay, and these things go for about two hundred bucks on eBay. Oh my gosh! Uh, but me, being me, I'm not going to sell it because it's just too too awesome to have. Like it's just a, mm. and it's in excellent condition. Like no one's touched it since the eighties. It's really weird. Um, but yeah, um, very very addicted to that. I find a lot of interesting things. Um, when I'm up shopping, Do you know what's funny is doing this podcast. I I honestly couldn't tell you the amount of vinyl enthusiasts that I've I've spoken to, and a lot of contemporary bands will release tapes. Right? They'll they'll. It's sort of a weird like hip hop beat thing. And on Bandcamp, you can still buy tapes, which is really really um. It's just interesting. I had no idea. That, that was actually was, um... my plan at one stage. I was going to, I actually made a 90 minute demo tape back in 2012 of just all the material I'd, I'd worked on up to that point. So it was like 90 minutes worth of just snippets of shit that I'd done. And I called mm. it, I called it V's demo tape. And I was going to split it into 45 minute halves on, on just one cassette tape and actually just send it out to nice. people. Um, but I didn't get around to doing that. But the 90 minute version's online. But yeah, I fully wanted to, um, utilize that for for ages i actually want to release music on tape just because i think it's fucking cool basically (laughs) as basically put um let me just read you a few others i've got from my collection not the blurbs yeah please just just the titles um so some of them are actually like uh books on tape and stories on tape and shit like that too um so i've got story from the bbc radio collection by pd james and this is called an an unsuitable job for a woman is the name of the <laughs> story, which is amazing. Like God, uh, give that give that to me. Um, I've got a I got a kid's tale by um, Lucy Daniels. Uh, this is called Kittens in the Kitchen, Bunnies in the Bathroom. Is what it's called. I've got a. Now, this is amazing because this is a band I didn't know existed. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of, of a band or artist called World Party. Is that I don't ring believe a bell? so, no. Look at the fuck up. No. He's, he's really cool, World Party. Uh, so I got an album of his on tape called Goodbye Jumbo, the four-track sampler. Okay. Um, that's, a, that's a must-have. You should look up World Party. Uh, we also got Dorothy L. Sayers with Unnatural Death, another BBC radio collection. Um, I've got a couple more here. We've got Ponytails uh, by Sharon D. <laughs> These are just stories of girls and ponies. And it's called... Okay, I was wondering if we were going with the hairstyle or the, or the slash pet. Or actually, you know what? That's Genuine's uh, autobiography. His autobiography. <laughs> Ponytails. Ponytails. The story and of Elgin. Ever does... Oh, Elgin Lumpkin, the life in yeah, Lumpkin, life in ponies. Oh my gosh, that is that is the best title for his <laughs> for his autobiography. Pony if he tales. ever releases something, a memoir, and doesn't call it Pony Tales, then he's a fool. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> An actual. I'm just imagining him on the cover art with like actual ponytails, <laughs> all these like horses' asses pointing out, and ho- ponytails are, are surrounding him. First, I thought chicks with ponytails, but then I thought, no, horses' asses. No. <laughs> horses' asses. That's so good. Um, the oh last one gosh. I've got here is, uh, sorry, one last one is, oh, my God, it's another no, BBC. You've got to do another 10. <laughs> it's another BBC recorded book wow. corporation. Recorded book corporation. Wow. BBC. What was that? RBC. <gasps> it's RBC. Sorry. 
Oh no. my gosh, right, okay. Who, who the fuck is RBC Recorded Book Corporation? There you go. Um, this is called The Dirty Half Mile by Lance Peters. Pimps, whores, transvestites, gangland Sydney in the 30s. <laughs> oh my god! What? And you've never fuck? heard this audiobook? What the fuck? No, I've never heard this. Uh, nope. This is this must be a local one. This is says Sydney. Wow. Yeah, I do find a wow. lot of interesting local shit too. Half my record collection is like discarded Aussie records and shit. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. That is that's fantastic. Do you have any uh, like music-wise stuff that like albums or anything like that that you just adore and you're like, I've got this on tape as well that you're really really proud of? Ooh, that I have on tape as well. Because my tape, because my tape collection is random as fuck too. I do have some of my childhood tapes that I kept, which was a yeah. lot of a uh, lot of Aaliyah. Um, a lot oh, of R- a lot of R. Kelly, like we discussed last time. It was like there yeah. were like a lot of the baseline formations of when I first started getting into artists. It was a lot of Aaliyah and R. Kelly, um, which reminds me, actually, we might just squeeze this in. Uh, sure. Like, how, how much longer can you go? Oh, loads. Yes, we're on quarantine. Surviving Imran. <laughs> I said, how much longer can you go? And he said, loads. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a stack of pills here and I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, my God. What? What did you say? I said, I've got a stack of pills and I'm ready. It was a joke. I was oh going with God. the theme of... Oh, dark. Yeah, it's so dark. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, thank God I can edit this. Did I remove Surviv- Surviving Imran from the last no. bit? I can't remember if I did. I, I love it. Because I'm like, I hope he does it. And he didn't. So that was good. But what I was going to say, um, I'll get back to the tape thing in a sec, but that R. Kelly thing I wanted to bring up because yeah. um, it, was a, it was a question last time in terms of, look, what if we do get the urge to actually listen to an R. Kelly song that we've loved for right. for decades what if we just get that urge and we're, we're at home how do we justify it to ourselves and while i came up with an idea that's kind of stupid but i'm just kind of grasping at straws um i was uh, waiting for uh my dinner to heat up in the kitchen earlier tonight and again while i'm waiting for food to heat up i'm pacing around and songs are coming out of me uh, random ideas and i'm thinking like if you take something as blatantly obvious as one of it as as an r kelly song as it seems like you're ready from 12 play right when we look back at it now you know within context it's like yeah he's singing to some underage girl you know what i mean with it yes. seems like you're ready well i'm like i like i love the song i love the tune i love that it's you know it's got that jazzy 12 play vibe i love that whole vibe you know that sound mm-hmm. that early 90s r kelly r b sound was pretty dope um divorce from you know everything else of course so i'm thinking as challenging as that song is now like how would you get away with it i'm like well maybe you you redirect the subject matter of the song to for example the food that i'm waiting to that to get heated up you know what i mean (laughs) so i'm singing to the food like when i'm looking at the food i'm like you know temperatures rising (laughs) you know (laughs) The pasta's calling, you know, and it's it was pasta that I was eating up, and then when it was just hot enough, I started singing like, mm, "It seems like you're ready." 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, for example, like the food's ready to be eaten. and it's Right, of course, absolutely. That, that makes all the sense in the world. I completely yeah. agree. Well, in, in today's world, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're in, uh, hey, you know what? We didn't finish off the fact that R. Kelly's now sitting in jail. He's been in jail for like months. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, it's actually. Um, I, I was thinking, looking back on that, I'm like, oh, we didn't actually full stop that. Conclude that. I was like, yeah, hey, he's actually indicted on like 20 million counts of the statutory rape or whatever the fuck and abuse and blah blah blah. And he may go, he may go to jail for like forever because of all the uh, even more oh, like gosh. more shit coming out. I think after that, but. Really, uh, no one's talking about it now because it's not important at the moment. But um, yeah, you're right. Actually, I, there wasn't a lot of fuss made about the recent, the recent stuff at all. But um, yeah, it's I don't know. I just the, I just find that well, the whole thing's just so sad, isn't it? It's so horrible and and um, yeah. Actually, have have you finished the documentary that you're watching about it? Um, I'm still about an hour away from the last episode, so it's season two like episode there's only five episodes and i'm on the last one it's like a two-hour episode there's Uh, a season two yeah man season two is called the reckoning and it just came out this year that's why i caught up on it i'm like shit there's a second season what okay i better watch it and yeah good lord Uh, no well you've not convinced me before to watch it but Look, you can just save yourself if you really want to. I mean, I I thought I owed it to myself because the fact that I just spent so much time and, and energy like listening to his music and really being emotionally affected by it. And you know, when we talked about one thing I missed in the last episode is we talked about how our mutual love of the third album, the self-titled one. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Did you know the prevailing theory behind that album as to who it was about? Ugh. No, go on in. It was, well, supposed to be a, like a lovelorn sort of confessional lovesick kind of thing to Aaliyah because they just uh, had their marriage annulled prior to right. the recording of that album. So that's why it was a very like pensive album. It was, wasn't was so upbeat. It was very like reflective and shit. And it seemed like he was singing to like a lost love, which mm. was like his fucking underage bride at the time. So, yeah, at the time, of course, again, like I said on the last episode, when I, because I was young enough, you know, you don't think about this shit. You don't even know about half this shit. You're just like, oh, wow, it's like a love letter to Aaliyah. I, oh, I love Aaliyah and I love R. Kelly. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And it had like a, an emotional resonance to it because of that. But, but it's, now... do you know what's really funny? Because like this... um it's 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 interesting a public perception on stuff like this is i find really interesting because Mm. while you know listening to r kelly in any context if you were blaring it from your your car if you played it on the radio you said hey listen to this old 90s tune you played it for friends you know there's there's very few people that would say hey that's really good well done you know but (laughs) uh, but if you were to play like marvin Gaye, right nobody would bat an eyelid I mean, he like his "I Want You" album. Um, it's an underrated very, girl. <laughs> it is. It was. It was. It was. He. He. I mean, he had. He had affairs. Uh, one of them was with his wife's niece, uh, yeah. who w- was very young, and they had a kid. 
and um, his wife to, to protect the shame. She was, um, I forgot her name, Anne, was it Anne? Uh, Barry Gordy's sister. Yeah. They tried to say, oh, we had the, we've adopted this child. And they tried to hide the fact that Marvin Gaye had had an affair with the, oh, her right. underage niece. But yeah. no one bats an eyelid. You put Marvin Gaye on anywhere. No one says, and this is information that's out there. People know it. But yeah. no one says, hey, that's turn that off you know and it's funny about public perception that nobody you know i guess it's probably because of the r kelly stuff is unfolding as you see it and then marvin mm. gay stuff i don't know it was looking at a generation that you know no, you're right know you actually are there is no right because it is it's not the fact that we don't actually know it's almost like we're in some sort of hypnosis while it's happening so we're just buying into whatever surface level shit is going on because we love the music as consumers that is what's hooking us it's the music and by extension it's the musician making the music so Mm -hmm. we're not really privy to personal goings on in general you know what i mean like how can we be so i guess we're just kind of judging from whatever limited scope we have um at the end of the day yeah yeah fucking yeah it's a weird one it is it's it's actually hard to kind of i suppose if everyone were to really trawl through their music and look at who they're supporting and claiming as a you know musical genius etc i think if if everyone knew everything about people then you wouldn't have any, anyone you wouldn't listen to anyone well, because absolutely yeah there's so many skeletons and so many closets like uh, it's just because r kelly's was blasted through this particular program and you know half of the season two was all about reflecting on how much season one had did so much damage and it's mm. uh, so the national attention like nothing did before and then the cancel r kelly movement mute r kelly all this kind of crescendoed with the, re- with the release of this show and then you had celebrities tweeting um in support of it but also criticizing the parents um and then they talk, yes. they talk about that a lot as well in terms of and the parents came on the show and sort of told their side of it and it was almost very meta, you know, like it, the show itself caused the avalanche to happen and to really get him in jail pretty much at the end of the day, um, which was pretty crazy. Mm. Um, it is funny, but, yeah. I mean, it, like to, to liken it to Marvin as an example, um, because there was nothing like that on all these artists, nothing on Marvin, nothing on, you know, fucking... Or, or any pick any rock artists, <laughs> any like the famous rock well, artists, you know, like yeah. if there was like this massive um, expose done in like surviving our Cali style, which was thorough and just disgusting and just so yeah. in detail, you would have no choice but to take a stance. But because it nothing went to that extreme, it was seen and it was heard that these artists were doing doing things with underage people um but we didn't take them to task neither did the media neither did the corporations that make the money off them because they don't want to do anything or rock the boat because they want to keep making money off these artists doesn't matter what their little picadillos are no matter how disgusting um as long as they're not completely just exposed the way r kelly was uh to the point where there is no defense where there is nowhere to hide and there's no coming back from it. Like that's the extent of what this show has done. So unless you had a, a special like that for every single artist, 
Yeah. Where no one's going to have the balls to to make the right decisions in terms of basing decisions on morality and what's right and wrong in terms of clear rights and clear wrongs. Like universal yeah. rights and wrongs, you know what I mean? Like you got to get universal with it to really but Again with the R. Kelly thing though. It's mm. sort of like obviously the show revealed an incredible amount of detail and I, I you know fully understand that mm. but I mean everyone like it wasn't if you know what I mean the accusations weren't new the accusations had dogged him for 30 odd years if not longer yeah do you know what I mean but it's still something that was still fine people commercial radio will play I believe I can fly uh contemporary rappers R&B singers etc Celine Dion will yeah. do songs with him that's totally yeah. fine we as consumers <laughs> you know we were aware of that but we you know, we don't have any factual information presented to us. And we think, well, if it's out there, it's a great song, that that's fine. And we'll mm. just, we continue to buy it. But then this documentary comes out, almost telling people what they already knew. And then yeah. it was a case of, oh, I'm never going to do this again. It's like, but it's not actually new information, is it? Well, that's the, that's a very good point. But at the same time, being as big of a fan as I was growing up, there was, I had no information about the actual trials yeah. and, the, and the ones that were getting sort of paid off with hush money and not really getting right. national attention. I, I, I was in Australia, maybe because I was disconnected from the States that news didn't, wasn't really news and internet, I guess didn't really start reporting shit like that either for, for quite a mm-hmm. while. So there was a disconnect. Like I was an honest to God. I was just naive to those facts because I just wasn't right. aware of them. And I had no idea there was a history uh, even with the Aaliyah thing until I was old enough to realize, wait a second, there kind of is a bit of an age gap there. <laughs> you know, like, eh, I don't know how yes. I feel about this. Um, there was no perception from me, a big fan, that there was something wrong here. So, you know, there's a lot of us that have to have our eyes open because we weren't aware of the things that were going on while they were happening. Okay. And we just needed to be educated. But even on top of that, if people knew sort of around him in the States, you know, maybe fans who were closer in proximity and maybe saw it on local news or local news reports and newspapers, because there are clippings of some of the cases and shit that got swept under the rug, um, they might have more of an indication and could make a better informed choice about, well, who am I really supporting here? What kind of person mm. is this? You know, am I, am I going to make the decision to bring this, to make this a factor in my support of this person? Do I judge the human? Um, do I separate that person from the musician? Alter ego, which is what usually is the case. Every time we get a musician presenting themselves, it is an alter ego. It's never themselves, themselves, right? You're essentially yeah. always playing a character when you're being an artist, which is how I approach shit when I have multiple aliases. I'm like, this is a whole other right. person. Like I come up with a project like that eighties one, Midnight in Melbourne, which I've almost yeah. kind of locked down conceptually. It's like Wonderful. I'm just a, I'm a complete other person. I have to be to sell whatever style I'm going for. Mm-hmm. So there's always a separation. It's like do we play up do we play along with that as consumers? You know, do we have to play along with that? Do I support, do I tacitly support a pedophile by paying money to enjoy a certain artist's music? And I hate to say it, but yes, you know, I feel like we are, you know, no matter how you hash it out, no matter what mental gymnastics you want to do. And I have no problem with people listening to his music. I might even pull out a random R. Kelly track if I feel like it, just for the sake of the music, right? If I really feel like it. But I think there has to be a, a, 
a line drawn. I think maybe that needs to be part of a shift going forward in what we have power to, to decide on in terms of, you know, I feel like you might be a piece of shit human being. I don't think I really want to support you or at least not support you financially in a direct fashion. You know what I mean? I might surf the high seas if I really want to listen to your stuff, but I will not support in any in any way financially or even blog about you or recommend you to my friends or blah, blah, blah. But in the privacy of my own home or maybe between good friends, you know, if we enjoy the same music, then whatever. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough. I think there has to be a shift made by us as listeners to yeah. kind of roll with those changes, you know. Which and goes, I didn't mean yeah. to distance myself from from that because I I I was a fan for, for many years and I, I you know I was aware I remember you know you hear stuff at school someone says something and someone had mentioned oh apparently he married Ali and I was like oh yeah well, he's older oh that's weird okay but <laughs> he nothing seems to have happened from it so I'm guessing it was okay yeah. so and like you said we kind of at an age where we romanticized it a little bit like oh why can't yeah. the law just let them be together you know it, there is yeah. that element of it but so i, I mean right. i bought his album i loved that third album i liked very much the r album there were yeah. a few th- you know double album bloated. the last great yeah. Kelly album definitely i i 100 agree i think for me i stopped listening to his music i think the last album i bought was tp2 God. and there were some really good songs on there some really good songs on there but, but it was called tp tp well, you know, yeah <laughs> It's yeah. well, the beginning I of the end, man. <laughs> TP. You couldn't even fucking call it 12 play. I know. Yeah, call it T hyphen. I think it was T hyphen P as well. It was like a <laughs> random hyphen in the fucking title. And it just pissed me off even more that there was a hyphen in there. No, it was like TP hyphen two. And then the fucking third one was like TP3.com. Oh no, was TP TP2 was the dot com. TP2 was dot com. Yeah, yeah. Was there a three? Dude, there was a three. There um, was that the one where, because see, by now I've, 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 I've realized at this point, as my music tastes are maturing, uh, his aren't. And that's the thing where I'd, <laughs> I'd like to have gone that journey with him. But uh-huh. I think he, his music became Thoya Thong and, and uh, Zorro Masks. And, no, it uh, turned to complete shit. It turned to complete shit. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. So, so I, I tapped out. Uh, that was my last purchase, the TP21.com. I will. Um, since, but yeah, well, but from that point, I just sort of lost. <laughs> Since we're talking about it, um, I, I'll go through, I guess, because I kept listening to his stuff, man, all the way up till I haven't listened to that stupid Buffet album he released like a year or two ago. <laughs> Last, I haven't heard that. I kind of stopped at that point. But um, there was a TP3. It was called TP3 Reloaded. Okay. Oh, wow. Reloaded. Okay, the nice. Reloading okay. the TP. You got to reload that TP. And TP2, <laughs> yes, just confirming TP2 was actually called tp-2.com. That was the name okay. of the fucking album. That Even the name <laughs> of the album pissed me off. So I'm like, I'm going to hate this album. I just know it. And I fucking did. There was a handful of decent tra- uh, decent tracks. There were a handful of good ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure there was like a TP4. I think it was called The Fourth Quarter. Let me just double check. TP4. No. Yeah, yes. Now this one was actually called Twelve Play Fourth Quarter. Yeah. Are you saying wow? I um, have no idea. But just to speak on, yeah, the worsening uh, worsening quality of his music, the goddamn annoying use of the water droplet effect, which he just kept using <laughs> over and over, <laughs> even after all the piss shit came out. 
like him right. on an underage girl on a tape and he's, he's out, that was his signature like are you trolling us what are you doing well so much of what he did was trolling when you think about master you know, trolling closet and and everything so it that's seems a, like you're ready etc it's that's all another that is another huge theory right it's like the george w bush theory okay because george w bush is uh, perceived to be a pretty much a dumbass like just a really right. goofy dumb guy but if you watch old footage of george w when he was like a governor of texas and he was like in debates he was in like a public debate he was right. so articulate and so well spoken and just so like normal that it feels like he was playing a character when he was president right that oh, yeah well. you, should, you should check that out so with art kelly it's like yeah kind of the same i guess he's like playing some yeah <laughs> i don't know where i was going with that <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll go through our Kelly titles. Um, yeah, I do remember. I think it was that famous McRib interview where he storms out. What was it with that? Was it Huffing Post or something? That Huffington Post. Oh uh, yeah, with HuffPost. Yeah, and I remember that vividly because I, the, I, because I, obviously by the time I saw it, it had made huge waves. So I thought, oh, let me look it up. But I think that he had sat down for the interview, and that the reporter, the journalist, said. So you have a new album out, Black Panties, and I thought, fucking hell, dude! Like you're yep, like forty five at this point. Like you've you've titled your album this at like what forty five or whatever. It had some jams like, on it. It had some jams on it. Honestly. No, but it's, it's it's the concept of him being this age and titling an album. You know, like I would expect an eighteen year old to do that and say, "Hey, I'm cool." Yeah, not you're in your well into your forties now. Like, Mind how is child. this a good idea? Remember the last episode we described how described how he's pretty much everyone around him said he's got the mind of a child. Yeah, like um, it's ridiculous. Like he just thinks that way. I mean, even the album cover of Black Panties. Have you seen the album cover of Black Panties? I think so. It's um, it's him. It's like a not a silhouette, but it's all like it's black, and he's sort of appearing from like a shadow or something like that. With the no, so it's him. That whole other thing. I don't know. He's lying down in a sea of black women wearing black panties. Oh, so okay. he's lying on top of them, and they're just like legs and butts and, and, and titties, nice. like just all over the place in black panties. And he's like in some silk pajamas with with sunnies. I'm like, oh my god! He had a <laughs> he had a song though called Cookie on that, which was okay. like annoyingly infectious, which I used to play the shit out <laughs> of. I admit it as well. I hate that it's so, it's a very fucking vulgar song. Like most of that album is. Um, And there's a very like another song on there called marry the pussy. Right. He had a song (laughs) called marry the pussy. I just want to marry the pussy. pussy, pussy. It was just like, yeah. So yeah, that happened. But, (laughs) but what I wanted to, get get around to was he had an unreleased album called untitled i don't know if it was unreleased actually it might have been released but it was called untitled it was in 2009 and it might have been the best collection of r kelly songs since the double album it's probably one of my favorites since the double album is this is this the one that was bootlegged the original version of loveland no, nothing to do with Loveland. So the Loveland thing okay. is separate. Um, original bootleg of Loveland actually was probably superior to a lot of the stuff he's done in the last 10 years at least. Yeah. Um, but nothing to do with that. This is like just another album he was going to make that I think didn't get much of a push. Like it just kind of went under the radar and it didn't have a name either. So he just called it Untitled. 
but it was probably some of the stronger collection of stuff that he's done in a while, actually, uh, up to that point. Um, he had a song on there called uh, Whole Lot of Kisses, which sounds like a straight-up 12-play throwback. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, again, we're talking about this, and I'm like talking about it like like we're big fans and we're all everything's all well and good um but you know <laughs> like, a, cool, isn't it? like a specter hanging over the the conversation i know like, and it's weird because i'm always a bit i yeah there i think i said it in my intro for the last episode that we had where i kind of I think it's something that has almost appeared in previous episodes with people but i've always sort of not embrace that and I, I i get really weird about like i don't know putting negativity out and it's not negativity it's just two fans you know two one-time fans uh sort of digesting the way yeah. it went you know and and the hour right or lack thereof to enjoy or appreciate the music that we grew up with and mm-hmm. it's kind of like how do you juggle that and yeah and it's it's a sort of a constant exploration you know i don't think i've resolved it within myself but i enjoy talking to you about it it's it is it is interesting because you're kind of i think you're very similar where i am well in terms of would you be willing separate. to hmm this is the thing because i'm kind of still on the fence if i should actually eventually do an r kelly show uh oh for the confessions i'm still kind of considering it but i have such a rare r kelly treat like in terms of just the music it's super super rare it was only on it was only on vinyl and would you want to put it on the it. yeah <laughs> just because we've been talking about it so fucking much um oh, no. how would you how would you feel like would you feel uncomfortable closing with an r kelly because we're not like none of this is he's not getting paid or anything if we do this he's not gonna like yeah, yeah. You know what i mean yeah and this is so what's, obscure what's, what's the song? What's okay the song? so <laughs> you remember oh, the um the download era from the third album you released down low right. nobody has to know and that became its yeah. own thing you know like it was remixes to it and yeah. there was this extended video which was like a mini movie that he made yes, for it yeah. remember that yeah they ripped off the kevin uh costner movie uh was it revenge or something oh uh, uh, bodyguard kind of that kind of looked like no no there was, um, there was a yeah it's a direct the whole thing i was gutted when i found out or no i think i had seen the film first and then seen the 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 R Kelly the the the, the download version of it, but it's yeah. a Kevin Costner movie called like Revenge. Oh, okay, and yeah, I didn't know that. In love with his, uh, mafia guy. Oh, who's I vaguely remember it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Anthony Quinn, I think, uh, plays the mafia guy, and it plays out exactly Most the same. same. In love, <laughs> and he beats the hell out of him. His goons beat the living crap out of Kevin Costner, leave him for dead. Yeah, and then he kind of tries to get revenge and when he eventually finds her in the hospital bed she passes away spoiler but it's yeah. like the 80 you must have seen it by now. yeah that is but exactly how it plays out riff. yeah yeah it's a complete riff um, of that video so basically um there's a uh, on the vinyl version right so because my brother was six years older he was the big r kelly fan and i was just young enough to sort of still trail along trail along behind and actually still be a fan myself so the he picked up a vinyl version of the download single, which came with like a 20, 20 plus minute track, which was basically the audio version. Yes, you know I've got that. I mean? It's on the it's called, single called, as well. Yeah, it's called. I think it's called the story or something like that. And it tells like he's he's like narrating it. He's like, eh, yeah, the big C. You know, <laughs> he's like, I'm working in a restaurant. 
If you're famous, yeah. you come to this restaurant. You come to the mix in the restaurant. You know what I mean? Um, so there's like that whole audio version. Uh, but there's God, this, that is so good. on the um on the, <laughs> on the vinyl. So what I want to actually close the show out with, not that we have to close it now, but I'm just sort of getting ahead of myself. Um, mm. There's a tune called it's like three it's like three show tunes. It's like if if it was a Broadway play, these are like the show tunes you sing during certain scenes. And there's one, so it's a three track scene, and it's called the Big C. And then there's one called actually it starts off with fight scene, which is just an instrumental. It's the fight scene from the actual extended film version, but it's just right. the score music. So it starts out with like some synthy sort of fight scene music, and then there's a track called the Big C which is like a bunch of bad guys sitting around a table singing about how they're going to take over Chicago. And then there's a third track called Such a Man Is He. Have you heard this tra- track before? No. There you go. What I thought you were going to say was um, there was another remix of Down Low that was, again, on the CD single, and they actually tag it at the end of the audio story. Yes. Uh, the it's Blame It on the Mo mix. I thought you were going to no. that one. Why don't you blame it on the mo? Uh, no, I thought no, you were no. going to say that one. No, wow, you've gone. No, 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 no. Rarest of the rare, and I've always loved this. Um, as much as we can love our Kelly stuff, just to be clear. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> so many disclaimers we have to do now, just because of this shit. All right. So, uh, yeah, fight scene is the first bit, and then it's the big C, which is kind of like, you know, you hear that in the story version too. There's like this trumpet right, okay. line. It's like in the background where it's like, like some swing jazz kind of shit. Okay. And they're like, every night something's going on in the big sea. And it's like the big bosses. And then the next track is Such a Man is He, where it's R. Kelly pulling a Camille. So he's oh, pitched okay. his voice. He's like pitched his voice up and he's singing as the female as a female lounge singer and it's like a slow jazz song and he's the female singing it like Prince singing in Camille. Wow. Um, and it's such a, it's very short, but it's like so out there and it's, it's been one of my faves um, forever. And because we never know if I'm ever going to play another R Kelly song ever in my life on, on my show. And anyway, um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Do you want to put it at the end of this? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll put this on you. In a, in, a, in a sentence or two, in however long you want to do it, when we play it, like, well, now, I guess, how, how justify its inclusion? In what context are we playing? Oh, like in like a dinner style, like I did with the dinner. Um, mm. Right. <laughs> well, how, we're playing this song because... Well, Okay. What is it mean? What is our, what is our justification? I, I'm going to freestyle this. So, fight scene is the first one. This is the scene where R. Kelly gets beat to shit. So, that's fine. Everyone's happy with that, right? <laughs> Nothing going to be mad with that. Right. And then the big C, um, well, maybe the big C is in reference to him being a big C, if you know what I mean. I want to say the word, but I don't want to. Right. I don't want to get too out, far out there with the swearing. You know how I am with my potty mouth. <laughs> I'm constantly in my mouth in the potty. I'm like breathing through like potty water. Um, You're doing a great job. You're selling this song brilliantly, by the way. And then such a man is he. Well, uh, it's not about a good man. You know, the song, he's 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 the female, but he's singing about himself as the male too. 
like such a man is he, but he's a bit of a dickhead. So, you know, you can take that concept and just like finish it off yourself and be like, such a man is he, 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 he wears blue velvet. That's one of the lines, but he's a fuckhead. You know what I mean? Like you can just sing that in your head and you'll be fine. Okay, okay, okay. Right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, but basically, if you're okay with all those things, even if you're not okay with it, they're just, these are just audio relics. That's how I treat them. You know, as yeah. a divorce from all this other shit we'll be talking about, we are like audio relic hunters. And I like doing specifically this kind of stuff because if I can find it, and I was like in my early teens when I'm finding this stuff, I'm like, well, grown men and women should be able to appreciate this kind of stuff too just for what it is yeah like it's this little moment in time um and it's not in any way supporting the artist because uh i think well and truly his goose is cooked at this point he's in jail for fuck's sake and he'll be there for god knows how long um as he should be i guess with all this Mm -hmm. stuff so i'm i'm look i'm cool with playing it uh up to you up to you my friend no i i I like it being your your pick and it's right because i I think for me to because it comes back to what i said earlier because i i don't see how anyone can play certain songs by certain artists you know that have done things that we all know about and we can ignore that and and champion them and say oh that you know this is this is classic great soul music but we know what they've done Mm-hmm. And then we draw a line here and I'm not quite, and this what you know, I'm not comparing, you know, what, you know, I mentioned Marvin Gaye earlier. I'm not comparing what he did to, you know, to what, what Kelly did. I mean, he's, mm. you know, gone so far beyond the, what is already grotesque, you know, and it's, uh, I totally appreciate that, but yeah. it's just, then there has to be an element of, you know, if you're doing one thing, uh, I don't see why we can't. What a rambled response, but I just kind of. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, how can we can't? Oh, I, Marvin Gaye is the greatest of all time, and then we we champion that, and then we. I'm gonna. Yeah, it's always know. gonna be tough, especially like retroactively applying this stuff. It's like I said earlier, if if there isn't some massive exposition or ex- exposure event, like this R. Kelly series was. Uh, it's hard for everyone to be suddenly up in arms and be like, yep, enough's enough, you know, because we all want to yeah. keep enjoying our music. We all want to keep supporting our favorite basketball player or sports person. We all want to yeah. support um, our particular whatever, you know, we have certain choices and favorites amongst people who are elevated above and beyond us um, for whatever reason and you know, whatever industry they're in. You know, it's yeah, yeah. Well, it looks like we're uh, closing <laughs> with uh, something I never thought we would be closing with. Uh, but you know, why? Oh well. <laughs> I guess this is our farewell. I think this is our our kind of collective farewell to kind of yeah. the artist we kind of you know who had a huge impact to us. Yeah, um, it almost is. Yeah, I guess just a goodbye and. Ugh. it's a goodbye and ugh. yeah yeah um i did want to actually just uh just want to really get get into something a bit more serious um i just wanted to get through just the uh the blurb of ponytails just to see what it's all about um 
Do you still have time? Like, are we still good for time? How are you? Yeah, I could do a few more minutes. Yeah, I could do a bit more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let me just get this out because I'm curious. I haven't actually read this yet. Okay. <laughs> These are the stories of Jessie, a young girl who loves horses. Her room is covered in horse pictures, and she knows heaps about horses and ponies. Jessie lives with her mum and dad on a rural property in the Riverland of South Australia. For her birthday, she receives the pony of her dreams, and because he is so special, Jessie calls him Magic. <laughs> Every day seems genuine. Yeah, I was going to say that's a Elgin. Every day seems to hold a new adventure for Jessie and her beautiful pony Elgin. But sometimes Jessie's vivid imagination and strong sense of independence get her into some scrapes and yield some valuable lessons she has to learn. Wow. They use the word yield. It's for children five years and over. And they use the word yield. Yield. Yield, the youngling. Yield. (laughs) So, yeah, man. Tapes. 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 Uh, No, I'm I'm enthralled by your... uh... (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know anything about your kind of your tape collection. I'm, I'm, I'm very Actually, happy to have the opportunity to explore. From the same op shop, I bought a standalone cassette player. You know, it's one of those ones from the 70s or 80s where it's got a extendable handle and you can record with okay. it too. It's got a mic plug. It's got speaker output. Like you can plug in speakers and it's, it's badass. It's brown as well. It's like beige. <laughs> from wow, cool. Yeah early 80s so i play stuff on that sometimes and i carried around it doesn't chew everything up it works fine it's good yeah like i've had a successful very low chew rate like it hasn't gone splashing all over the place you know the chew ever been chewed and splashed you know with chewing (laughs) splashed um Um, yeah i mean the last thing you'd want to do is lose like ponytails or the from the co-creator of chicken soup for the soul you wouldn't want to lose any of those gems hell no man i, I specifically bought self-esteem and peak performance because i want to i want to boost my self-esteem and get to my peak performance man like come really? on really yeah i, I actually thought oh. that'd be a great um like to play like for your closing song to play chapter one from <laughs> one of these <laughs> one of these days i wonder if it's out there already i don't know I feel like it's pretty obscure it on YouTube. I, I bet we'll find it on YouTube. I'm going to look it up and see if we can. Possibly. Just play a little piece of that, but I'm going to send you that Arkeli track and uh, yeah, we'll see how we go with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess if there's silence after our conversation, then I, I yeah. bottled it, but no, I think I, yeah, I think that's, it's, it's like the most inoffensive shit he's ever done as well. It's very, yeah, but I feel like his voice is offensive enough at the moment. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. We're um, hmm. change his name to Offensive Kelly. That's his, I know, yes. his name. Yeah, O Kelly. O Kelly. What uh, are you anyway? Kelly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All good, man. Thanks so much, dude. As for your time, as always. Wow, geez, what time? What time is it there now? Don't you worry, your pretty little head about the time. Oh, right. Yeah, man. Like, so that would be three. No, it's like, like three. three two. It's two. It's uh, eleven. Oh, okay. It's two eleven. Right. At the sound yeah, okay. of the sound of the fart, it'll be two eleven. <laughs> oh, thank God! It was. It's a, now two eleven. 
<laughs> we should hear more of that. They should have different sounds for that shit. You know, when you call up to get the like the, the time service. You, have you ever done that in your yes. life? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I what was number one, two, three? I think number was over here. <laughs> yeah, same. I think it was like I was accidentally okay. rang when I was drunk. Like one, I just match the keypad when I'm drunk. One, two, three. I'm like, what? What's going on? I'm like, the time is now. I'm like, oh, cool, thanks. <laughs> oh no, I, I, as a kid, I was fascinated by it. I called a lot as a, as a, as a kid. <laughs> yeah, like I just, I couldn't get my head around it. Yeah. I just thought it was the coolest thing. Like it was the, I don't know, it was just like having a, a phone number for the for the weather. To yeah, just call up <laughs> like four, five, six. It's hot. Oh, it is. Right. <laughs> You're right, though. It's almost like you're calling a living being. It's like you're calling time itself or you're calling yes, exactly. Mother Nature. Yeah. yeah, and there's no chance that he'll be wrong. He'll, he'll be like, <laughs> he's going to tell you what that time is. And it'll be like, yes, I trust you. I want to change my clocks. You're right. What an annoying person to be around. You know what I mean? Like time. <laughs> time as a person would be like so annoying. Yeah. I, I'm going to call that number as well and see if that's still going. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like, Hello? Like, oh my gosh, you're a person. Uh, right? No one calls anymore. Yeah, that's right. That's going to be in over 50 years. Goddamn cell phones. <laughs> Fax um, machines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Awesome. I had a blast, man. I really did. I always enjoy, enjoy talking to you. Yeah, man. Let me know if you ever want to do it again anytime soon because uh, we ain't going nowhere.
a man is he So strong and brave I like his style And his smiley face One simple Such a man. Such a man. 